Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Matt Reister with Andrew Nordstrom here. How you doing, Andrew? Great, Matt, how are you? We're in a little bit different location than usual. We're at the Gaylord Opryland Delta Ballroom A. Yeah. National Religious Broadcasters Convention, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, it's excellent. Uh, the hotel's beautiful, the convention's beautiful. Uh, we're in a little bit less beautiful part of the convention area right now, uh, but uh, ready to do one interview here, and then uh, the rest of the interviews we'll be doing from a different location. So this interview is one I'm really looking forward to. It's with Casey Bethard. Casey is a songwriter, does a bunch of country songs. If you're a country music fan, I know that you would know several songs that he's written. He's also the father of CJB. That's CJ Bethard, the former quarterback for the Iowa Hawkeyes, who are near and dear to my heart. He lives down here, had a chance to meet him in Iowa a few years ago, and uh, he's got just an amazing story on many different fronts and we're waiting for him to show up yeah and we're testing out the equipment yeah we uh he's also son of of bobby bethard a pretty notable sports figure for people who are nfl fans uh general manager executive uh who was around the nfl a long time did a lot of good things totally it's going to be great interview um and it sounds like the equipment's working, which is amazing because a bunch of it didn't show up because somebody packed the box wrong yeah. and there was a hole in it and it just dropped out along the way. FedEx didn't get us all our stuff. No, we... I wonder who that was. Who could have packed that box? We, we're missing a little bit of the frame for our backdrop, though that seems to have come out okay. And So this is the first year that we've been exhibitors yeah. at the NRB convention. We're kind of doing a trial run with that. Yeah. It's not cheap. But this is a great place to make great contacts. We're going to have a bunch of good interviews throughout the week, so you have to come back and hear more and more. And Andrew's down here. He's going to be producing them and yep. putting them up basically in real time. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, yeah, so we went to the FedEx store, which is in this hotel, and got our stuff. And <laughs> the guy carried it out of the back room, this huge bulging box that was taped together and said, I'm sorry about the condition of your box. They didn't pack it well. <laughs> and, I, and, and they is me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we, it's been an adventure. Uh, this, like I said, first time having a booth here and uh, having some different stuff to bring down. We, um, the, uh, the lady at the airline check-in looked at us a little strange when I handed her uh, one box with a, bunch of, uh, with a bunch of poles in it, metal poles that we can hang our backdrop on and then the second checked bag that I handed her was uh, literally a folding table that we duct taped together uh, to make sure it wouldn't fall apart in in the flight so um, yeah we're learning a lot of things doing some fun things (laughs) we'll see how it turns out Uh, God willing we're going to get some great interviews and some content that's going to inspire people Jen my wife is down here with us she's actually completing the setup of our exhibit while we're up here in the media center getting this interview ready to go uh, but I'm hoping that sometime this week we can get you and Jen and I on here to just kind of give oh, yeah. some insights about what have you learned, what have you seen. Yeah. Um, 
and that'll be cool. Uh, this is your second NRB, uh, my first NRB, and Jen's obviously first too, where I think we're all going to have some good different perspectives, but uh, interesting things. It's basically the industry... It's the industry convention yeah. for religious broadcasters, and so all the religious radio people and now podcast people, uh, the Ch chosen is that that popular TV yeah. show mm -hmm. about Jesus' life? They're right. here. Um, last year, uh, last year I actually came. It was in Texas. I came down and kind of with a critical eye, thinking I'm not sure it's worth what we're paying to be part of this organization. And so I was going down there looking for a way to opt out, but. Yeah. I quickly realized the value that this convention has to our ministry in terms right. of networking, getting podcasts, guests, learning things, right. tricks of the trade. Yeah, you came back last year with a list of about 15 or 20 things that, that we want to implement. And this this conversation we're having right now, doing a, a little pre-interview uh, pre uh, chat with you and me, that's one of the things you learned about and, and has gone over, I think, pretty well. Yeah, we call this the sidekick interview. And, uh, yeah, people are just walking by who's like, who's that guy? Yeah. Uh, the sidekick interview is a thing that we learned at NRB. And this is the first time we've done it before the interview right. actually happens. Yeah, Usually I think so. Usually we're doing so. it afterwards. Yep. Yep. So That's good. Anyway, uh, hope you enjoy. And I'm really looking forward to it. I think you're going to enjoy it. I've been thinking about this interview. I've got all my questions ready to go. I think it's going to be one of the best CC podcast conversations episodes we've done so far yeah i hope it bears out that way and uh, thanks for tuning in check us out the rest of the week for other content hey everybody matt reister here thanks so much for tuning in i am at nrb and this is my first interview of the week I think it might be the best interview of the week, but we'll just see how it plays out. I've got Casey Bethard with me. Casey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks. You say that with every, everybody, I bet. You know, I don't say I think it's going to be the best. <laughs> I, I'm really, really excited about this. Thank you. I want to tell people how this even came to be. And you said you remember it, but I can't believe that you would. Um, so a good friend of mine and our associate radio preacher for Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry is Tim Butker. Tim Butker lives in Cedar Falls, Iowa, where our ministry is based. And Tim's son, Ike, played offensive line at the University of Iowa, the Hawkeyes. And while Ike was playing football there, your son, CJ, yes. was our quarterback. And so Ike blocked for CJ. They became good friends. CJ was in Ike's wedding. Um, and sometime during his time in Iowa City, CJ's, Butker's invited myself and my son to one of those lunches that they had for families after the spring game right. in the football facility. You remember those? Yes. Did they do that every year? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, obviously that, that, that place wasn't built for all of his years there. So yeah, the last couple of years. Yes. Totally. So at that, uh, somehow Tim introduced me to you and I had only recently learned before that, that you were a songwriter down here in Nashville, country music. Yes. Which is, I mean, I swore I would never like country music. Grew up in Iowa. I thought it was so stupid in high school. <laughs> and I was a custodian at a church in college. And all the other guys, a big church, and yeah. all the other guys I worked with were all these farm kids from rural Iowa. And all they listened to was country music. And they were kind of had seniority on me, so they didn't get a pick. I didn't get any say in the radio station. And I fell in love with country music in the mid-90s. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so now... And we're going to talk about some of the stuff you've written and how that all goes. 
but uh, I was just looking at some of the big hits that you've been part of writing. It's like, man, this is cool. And one of them is a song by Trace Adkins called Just Fishing. Yes. And I know I'm, I know I'm going into detail on this story, but I'm trying to right. connect the dots for why I'm interested in interviewing you. Um, my son Mason and I are in the process, and we started in 2014, of watching the Yankees play in every ballpark. So we've been traveling around the country. I remember that. Yeah. I remember the conversation in the shed that day. In, in the facility. Yeah, the facility shed. That's where we yeah, 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 yeah. But yes, I remember that. That Now it just totally, I see the picture now. Yeah, so, yep. so uh, the song Just Fishing is basically Trace, and you wrote it. And, yes. I, and I asked you at the time what your inspiration was for that song because it's, I wouldn't say it's the reason we're doing this baseball tour, but the message of the song fits exactly with why we're doing this. We are Yankees fans. We do enjoy baseball. We do like traveling together. But from my perspective, we're not doing this because of baseball or the Yankees. Right. We're doing this to spend time together, a exactly. father and a son. Exactly. And I shared that with you that day. And um, I, I wasn't planning on starting our conversation with you talking about that song. But the way I've led into yeah. it, I guess now would be a good time. But you told me how you were inspired to write that song and you talked about your sons trying to get in their lives yes and when you ask them just straight up it's like pretty much you know that's right a stiff wall it, but then you learned if we go out and play catch or if we whatever Man, they just I, open up you have a great memory so tell tell about that song yeah that's that's what it is and i think doing things with your kids i mean uh, nothing matters more in my life you know especially well after jesus christ it's my it's my family and, and i and i want to be uh you want to know your kids and you want to be there for them and and, uh, and you find out fast that they're just not going to open up real quick. They don't open up easily, especially when you ask them. So it's got to be a situation. And I found out when we were playing catch with a baseball or a football or ping pong, stuff starts coming out, you mm -hmm. know, and I don't have to pry, you know. And so, uh, you know, you're just doing stuff. So how's it going, you know, and you're throwing and, and they think, they think that we're playing catch, but I'm like, nah, this is not. It's way more than that. And um, and 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 the, honestly, after the three boys, we I had my first girl, and then uh, and it, I remember that little fake, you know, little, I don't know what it's called, you know, one of the one, Fisher Price pink fishing rods. Yeah, and and. and uh, and I, honestly, in that in that situation, that one, it was kind of a business decision between the co-writer and myself. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, he was like, look, there's a lot of people coming up that don't don't have sons. They have daughters. Mm. So, and I go, well, and we're thinking about that. And I said, plus it sounds way better. She thinks, he thinks, whatever, we're just fishing. Yeah. Rather than he thinks we're playing catch. It just doesn't work. It just right. doesn't work. So we went for the... Fishing. That route, yeah. Like and the fishing metaphor. Instead yes, of yes. And she thinks, you know, and that's the same thing with her. I found out with my daughters, both of them. Later on in life, we had a, the big surprise bless, blessing daughter. And, and so we we still go fishing. And um, it's just, you know, when you're doing stuff that you're not really focusing on your kids, like probably when you're driving yeah. on the ride, when the song comes on. they Windshield start, time. Yeah, you're just like, man, it's... You, you think we're taking this long road trip and all this, but that's when the stuff comes out. Or when you're fishing, you just go, so what's up? And then, yeah, yeah that's it. And that's when, I, that's when I've always found out the most about my children. 
Yeah. And, and you really get opportunities to pour into your kids in those moments. Oh, totally. And so it's interesting. Uh, we're going to write a book about this. And what right. I actually talked to you about way back then yep. was eventually I'd like you to write a foreword, which you agreed to already. Oh. So yeah. <laughs> because, because you wrote the song that perfectly yeah. uh, describes what we're trying to do. Uh, but when, when this book is written, it's going to be, I think, I mean, I'm still mulling over in my head what it's going to look like. But I'm landing on it being really a challenge to dads mm-hmm. to spend time with your kids for the sake of passing along faith and values. Mm-hmm. And there's real no other formula for that other than time. And, and a lot of people, so from that perspective, I'm a ministry guy. And people kind of think, well, he must just be talking to his kids about Jesus all the time, quoting scripture all the time, praying, whatever. There's actually not a lot of that going on. No. I mean, there's some, yeah. no question. Right. But we're going to baseball games. Right. We're traveling. We're seeing the sights. We're checking into hotels. You, yeah. But, but, but then when a moment comes up that's teachable, yes. it's just poignant. And it's right there, and it's real life. Yeah. And we'll see. T- talk to me in 20 years how it plans out, right? Right, exactly. But we'll see the impact. But anyway, that song um, was why I wanted to meet you that day to thank you for writing that song. It turned into that great conversation. And ever since then, I thought, man, if I ever get a chance to sit down with, with Casey on this podcast. I would love it. And so yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you for being oh, here. Oh, shoot, thank you. So let's go back to the beginning of your story. Um, born in- I was born in California, outside of L.A. And raised in a Christian home, or did you come to no, Christ later? No, or? I didn't. I came to Christ uh, about 24. So talk about kind of your yeah. journey, uh, your faith journey. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, I just grew up in a, a just a, lo- a really loving, very loving family between uh, my dad and mom. Uh, were great, very great parents um, um, on their own, but they, they, because dad traveled a lot as a football scout, um, they couldn't, they didn't, they couldn't keep it together. Mm-hmm. And so they, uh, they got divorced when I was uh, about six. And so I split my life between, my dad ended up, um, moving to florida to be with the dolphins the miami dolphins Mm -hmm. and mom was living in southern california so i split time and uh but i had very really uh you know i know now my dad says that he grew up going to church but they never took they never followed along with us they Mm -hmm. never so we grew up in a moral uh say your prayers and we knew that there was a god but mm-hmm. i wasn't never i was never saved i was never any of that I, ne- I rarely went to church you know i don't think can't remember when i went to church really i mean we went in the church there was a church by the baseball field a big big catholic church and it was the when you had in between games we'd go up and dare each other go run in that big scary church because that was like why <laughs> man back in the day with that the big guy, they're standing over the thing and the statues and it's dark and that music going on. Going, man, let's go do, let's go play something that, that you know, it was kind of spooky, you know, but uh, we thought, you know, at the time. But, uh, but I, I think there was always, I look back now at my life and no, I, I just, it's just crazy. You know, I just know I was his. Mm. I knew it looking back now mm-hmm. because I understand him now mm. and I understand how he kept me and held me wow. all through all that time. And, 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 and so I, I grew up, I grew up, my mother was an alcoholic. My, my dad uh, just was a great man, but he had a lot of 
you know, he worked hard and had a lot of fun, but his favorite thing was his children. You know, he spent a lot of time with them and he, and he, and he disciplined us. He loved us in every which way, every way you can. Mm -hmm. The most humble guy I know, um, had fun playing sports, flag football with his buddy, touch football. You know, so I saw, got to see everything. He was my, our hero, mm -hmm. you know, and he was, uh, looking back now, a very good example of Christ without even know it. Mm. knowing it but he was his parents were religious and he got I don't even know what it's called uh, whatever you get when you're young no I've been through the whatever confirmation yeah one of those dedicated or yeah one of those things yeah. yeah and so yeah I got that when I was young and I was like, okay but I we didn't know it. I didn't know it. yep you know yep um, uh, and so but I grew up yeah seeing that my mother was an awesome mom but she she loved to party and was drank drank a lot was mm -hmm. very responsible with us but did a lot of things mm -hmm. uh, on alcohol mm -hmm. you know and so i saw that i saw the the that was part of big part of her life so uh by the time we got when i moved i moved to virginia when i was 11 years old because dad got the Redskins job. Mm -hmm. Just for everybody wondering, like, what the heck is this NFL stuff? Just tell quick what your dad did. My dad uh, grew up in sports. He, he, he played sports. His brother went to Southern Cal and, and, and was a first-round draft pick uh, quarterback and played for years in the NFL. And dad went a different route and got, because all of his friends, he kind of got, someone asked him if he wanted to be a scout. You know, he loved sports, so mm -hmm. he said, yeah, it was like Al Davis. Mm-hmm from the Raiders, asked him if he wanted to be a scout. He actually, my dad roomed with John Madden in college. Wow. And uh, so there were that's just friends. He was networking, knowing people. He loved mm -hmm. the sport. He got drug into the football NFL as a scout early. And then he all of a sudden, he's just a very good judge of talent, character, mm -hmm. and that type of stuff. And um, uh, he, he became a player personnel director with the Dolphins and the Redskins. and then. And I mean, the general manager of the Redskins and the the, the Chargers, and you know, about forty years, and mm -hmm. and uh, went into the Hall of Fame about I don't know five years ago. Mm -hmm. It was uh, so that's who that's how we grew up yep. in in training camps as little kids running around against. I mean, amongst all of our heroes. Mm -hmm. I mean, all these people in the NFL. I mean, it's just it just it was nothing anymore. You yeah, know? yeah. It was not a big deal. Yeah, and so. So we were never really, you know, starstruck or yep. that type of stuff. But, uh, Which is kind of cool. That, that kind of rolls into your career now. Right. Like you're around right. all these big-time people right. that are getting mobbed by fans right. and all this. And it's just like uh, puts his yeah. pants on the same way. Exactly. What's the big deal? That's right. And it, and it helps in all the uh, – it just helps sort out life. When you watch my dad, how he handled himself in the NFL. Being around my dad and working in these power – positions mm -hmm. and how he was so humble and how he was so normal yeah and he taught us uh, you watch it we'd walk in with him to camp every day in the office every day and it was from the janitor on up he treated him nobody any differently that's awesome and that was always how he was and everybody loved him that way he was laid back mm -hmm. which but he's the general manager I think he, he was like come on come on stop that you know mm -hmm. he uh that's how he carried himself. So we kind of followed in those footsteps, and it, and it was so Christ-like that that he didn't even know it. Yeah. And you know, and it wasn't until his later on years that we talked to him about the, the Lord, Lord and, and that relationship. So it's changed now, but I mean, thankfully, uh, because 
you know, it's, it's, especially in the last couple of years, I had to know about his salvation. Yeah. You know, so, you know. So, so you've had those conversations oh, yeah, with him? Yeah, all the time. Every day. That's what I go over there. Where does he live now? He lives in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. Nearby you. Yeah, he's been there quite a while. Since all a lot of the kids, uh, grandkids and everybody moved to this area, Okay. Uh, they, he, he moved here also. By but, the way... Oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say, people aren't used to hearing all this noise behind us because we're usually recording in a studio. Yeah. We're in this ballroom media center thing with people in different booths doing interviews. You'll see a picture of Casey and I up on our social media pages. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Christian Crusaders, or CC Radio and Internet Ministry. Anyway, if you're wondering what all that noise is, that's what it is, and we don't care. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to give people permission to not be stressed out about the background noise because we're yeah. not stressed out about it. Well, uh, just to make I'll make it real quick. is when, when Dad went to the Redskins, Mom stayed out there. with She had some family out there in California. We'd go back and forth. She got sick. And uh, uh, and so she stopped drinking and doing all these things, but we go visit her. But she was just a happy-go-lucky mother and had one to have fun with us. So she started letting us consume when we were oh wow in our in our early teens. You mm-hmm. know, you could drink beer and hang out with her and sit around with her her family, and mm-hmm. that's what they did. And so so I grew up. That's what, you know, was part of my life in high school and then in college, running crazy. And, uh, but I knew in college, I, after I played football at a little school in, at, at Elon College in North Carolina and, then, and uh, had a buddy there that was running hard with me, great guy, athlete type guy, but we were going to be a duo at some point. And um, uh, he moved back to Virginia with me out of, college, out of college, and that's not where music is, but we started hitting I started hitting bars because he had to get a job, but he was running crazy still. I was bouncing bars and uh, and going playing in bars. And all of a sudden, it's just crazy that, you know, the way the Lord works. But uh, um, by the time I set a timeline, I said, hey, this is my buddy. I said, look, I'm going to Nashville because someone told me I should in a bar one night mm-hmm. after singing. You know, I was like, is that where it is? And he's like, yeah. So I said, I'm going to Nashville when my lease is up. And this other guy, Mike, says, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm trying to keep these jobs and blah, blah, blah. And then he got, he got put in jail for, for, uh, for drunk driving. And then a second time and all these things. And, and I left. I, le- I went to Nashville. And then I, got to ru- I heard a rumor that, oh, man, from old college buddies, you hear about uh, this guy, our friend, or Mike? Man, they said he... He got woke up in a jail by by Jesus. Man, he's lost his mind. He's crazy, and uh, he just he just had to you know change his life. And you know, I was like, wow, that's wild. I mean, that's radical stuff. I mean, stuff that I you know I knew that there was. I heard about religion. You had no category knew, for it. Yeah, and I was like, whoa, wow, wow, that's crazy, man. Uh, okay, whatever. And um, <laughs> and and it, and then so and I'd lost touch with him for about a year and a half and uh, and I next thing you know he was going to then the rumor was he was in Tulsa Oklahoma going to uh, one of the uh, a big Christian college there I mean a uh, like Oral Roberts Oral maybe? Roberts that's exactly where university to go study get his uh, go to uh, get a degree in in, in theology or theology something. and my dad happened to go he was on a, on a scouting. Uh, combine conference like this mm-hmm. in Tulsa and he goes hey man what are you doing he calls me when I'm in Nashville and he's in you know, whatever and 
And he's like, why don't you meet me in Tulsa if you could? And, and we'll just hang out. I'd like to see you. And I was like, yeah, I'm off this weekend. I was working just a couple of crummy bars when I moved here, just trying to make it. Mm-hmm. And I went there, and I was like, I heard Mike is here. I'm going to look him up. Somehow I got in touch with him. We hung out, went over to the campus. He's the same Mike, but Has he's the changed. Lord. He's changed. Yeah, he's totally him, and he's just a different guy. And he, And that's where... It all happened. That's where I was just like, I mean, did it happen like that? No, I just we we hung out, played played uh, basketball together. He didn't force any. Yeah, beat me up about it. I was going to ask you about that. No, he was just it. It it clicked with me because we hung out, and he was like, "Man, so what are you doing? You you go to church or anything?" I'm like, "No, man, no, I don't know. You know, I you know, yeah, Mike, I believe in God. I I don't Mm -hmm. know and." And he's like, yeah, man. And then the day I was leaving, he gave. I go, but I don't. That's an intimidating book, man. I don't know how to yeah. do that. And the day I was leaving, he brought me a. But he had this like 365 day Bible. Mm-hmm. It was just like a one today, like yep. a Passage, devotional, then a, and then a thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Part. Of, and I was like, oh, I could do this. And then so I started on that. Then he was moving across. Then all of a sudden, it, it got wackier. It's like he called me once and goes. Man, the Lord told me I'm, I'm graduated, and the Lord told me I needed to open a church in East Tennessee or something. I was like, he goes, I was like, the Lord told you, okay, <laughs> okay, whatever. And he's like, so I'm passing through, and me and my wife, he had a wife and a kid, and can we stay at your house? And I was like, yeah, it's on the way. And I was, I was hungry at the time. You wow. Know? I had, uh, I went, I was probably 24 and he I had a I had a couple kids too and uh and he I had a few roommates a couple kids I you know I never been we'd been never been crazy my wife is steady she doesn't do any of that stuff and, mm-hmm. but I I like I like drinking beer at the mm-hmm. time and mm-hmm. just having fun on I me mean, but I was responsible you know mm-hmm. not, not, nothing crazy and mm-hmm. writing songs and life was good you mm-hmm. know he came by and and uh Hung out, same old Mike, crazy as ever, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. Fun, and it just his life would change. He had joy, you know. Wow. And um, and he asked me again. So you ever going to the church? I go, yeah, we actually did. This AC, heating and AC guy fixing our thing out here invited us over to the down here. And he goes, where where are you going to church? And I go, it's called the something something Church of Christ. This is gonna, I don't want to. And he's kind of laughed. And he goes, how do you like it? And I said. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of strict. I mean, it's kind of different. And I go, you know, and I, you know, he was, and he goes, well, you know, maybe it's not the right one. Um, and I, he goes, you know, just give it a chance. Just keep going and go to. You, you'll know the the right church when you when you find it. And I was like, okay. And I go, here's the thing, Mike. I like, uh, I like, I like my Copenhagen, mm-hmm. and I like, I still drink beer now and then. And he's like, yeah. And he goes, well, bring it. Don't worry about that. He goes, just get to know Jesus. Awesome. That's all he said. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, man, I just say, just bring it. You know, he'll just, you can bring all that with you. You know, right. you don't have to quit. You don't have to clean up to meet the Lord. Right. And I just didn't have any idea what he's talking about. That's awesome. But I didn't realize that it was like a trap that the Lord ends up taking the want to out of you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, so without trying. What, what, uh, what's that guy doing now? He uh, 
he is still in East Tennessee, as last I heard. It's been a while. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't heard from him in a while. But he was. He opened. He started the church. He planted the church somewhere in East Tennessee, and he's. He's still a pastor, and just. Does he know worked. the role he played in your life? No, he doesn't. And I've been trying to, and I can't find the right guy, his right name. And so I can't. I. I don't know. He's just trying to get. He's. Here's the thing: is that what I've heard? He's tried to separate himself from his past, so he's just off. The, yep. He ju- he didn't like. It's like he went so radical and so fast. He was like he didn't want to be associated with anything in his of past. Of his past. Because it was it was it was crazy. Yeah. You know. Wow. And so, so, so I can't find it. So I mean, is there a time when you said, "Okay, Lord"? Yes. Like, was this at one of the churches you landed? Yeah. At, so I, at then I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna do that." And, and Susan was like, "Susan, I'm on a." I'm gonna go. I'm on a, a, a recon mission. I'm gonna go find a church, and you know, I found this found a church up here or down the road. It was, it was I forget, it was called Spirit of Life, and it was just, they just they called it the non some non-denominational church. Mm-hmm. Went in, there was a guy in there, and wasn't all dressed up, and they were singing and praising the Lord, and the guy was talking about his life, and he was talking about Jesus as a guy. And the Lord, just talking about God as a, you know, and, and, and Jesus as a guy, and um, he is applying his own testimony. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just so real to me. It made so much sense to me. I was like, wow, I just, I knew it. You know, I knew I found the church. Um, and then then there was a time, you know, you could, if you received Christ. Enough, right. Yeah. And so I finally did. Did your wife come to Christ before or after you? Yeah, she's been she'd been walking with the Lord for her her whole whole life. Okay. Yeah. So what and, was she hanging out with you for? Yeah, no, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. <laughs> well, you know, I think that's what it, what it was. I honestly, I think now I know the Holy Spirit led me to her, and yeah. we just the Spirit just knew, you know, yeah. and I and I knew in her, and uh, that's what attracted me to her. That's you know? awesome. So you well before I get into the next thing, I want to talk to you about um, something you said made me remember something that I need to give a shout out to right now, because there may be people listening to this who are kind of on the outside. They're like, that Bible is intimidating. It's a big book. We do a daily devotional podcast on this this ministry. So the website or wherever you're listening to this podcast, we have another one just like it called the CC Podcast, Daily Dose Devotions, where we're doing a Bible overview. It's a six minute devotion that I do, an audio thing, six days a week. And it's just a, we're, we're in the book of Mark right now. And we're just taking a, mm. a passage at a time. And so if you're somebody listening to this who is intimidated by the Bible and who doesn't know where to start, I'd say jump on the podcast with us because it'd be a great way to get introduced to Scripture. Um, so I don't that just reminded me to. Amen. Because I, I was like that. And Mike was saying, well, and I used that one he gave me. But then he said, or start in one of the gospels where it might make a little start with the book of john and, mm-hmm. and whatever or something and i'm just here to i could tell y'all that um um i don't even as far as the bible goes and and the character of jesus and knowing him and knowing scripture mm-hmm. nobody was further lost than me mm-hmm. and to know that that's all I do, that's what I do now. I, I love it so much. I eat it up. I just, I can't. That's awesome. It's it's everything to me. And I, and I, if he can do that work in me that I was like, okay, where do you start? How do you do this? Amen. Um, then it's going to, you know, the process, the journey 
It's just... He can do that with anyone. Right. He can yeah. do it with... Absolutely. If he could do it with me. That's awesome. So you mentioned that you were playing in bars. So you obviously had a musical background. When did you pick that up? Yeah, my mother. She, she, my mother and her side of the family, piano, songs, Christmas carols, everything, did all you, the time. Do you That's only what, play guitar or do you do I just keyboard? play guitar. Okay. And um, my, I've got two, two daughters that play piano. My wife plays a little piano. My sister plays piano. My mom did. Um, uh her family did, but uh, yeah, that's all I did. So yeah. you said that you had this guy, Mike, who was gonna be a duo with you, a musical duo, yeah. I assume. Yeah. And uh, and you were moving to Nashville because someone in some bar that you were playing and you must have had good enough chops that they're like, you gotta go right. give this a try. So at right. what point did you realize, like, instead of going down the football road, right. I'm gonna go down the music road? Right. I think it was a, a real early thing. That's what I look back and go, yeah, that's why I pass on to people. If you've got a thing, a gift, a passion in you that just doesn't go away. Yeah. From, I look back at my life and I remember, gosh, six years old, my mom saw something enough to go, uh, you need to go to this vocal coach. Mm -hmm. Nobody else in my, none of, none of my siblings, just me, you know, and she took me and then to a, uh, into guitar lessons at like eight 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 years old and so she saw something in the past she saw something in that and she nurtured it so that's what i do with my kids if i see something or no you nurture it and you help them until and see if it goes away or not and if it and if it she nurtured it and it stuck with me in the all the way through high school and every chance i could sing and i was singing with the radio but i didn't i didn't know how you did that i didn't know mm -hmm. how you got how do you get on the radio? How right. do you get to that place? And but I did know how to become a football player, or a scout, and so I was like, that was the fallback. Maybe I'll be both. You know, you're young yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. dumb. Probably be both. I might, you know. <clears throat> and so, yeah, and you grow as big as you're going to grow, and the football dream kind of. Yeah. Uh, I was playing music in college. Mike and I were playing music. He played better than I did, so that's why we had to be a duo because he played better guitar <laughs> than I did. So, and uh, but anyways, uh, uh, and I was doing that, and that was a dream, but still a, a, a pipe dream. Yeah, like, who does that? Well, you know. So, would you consider yourself a singer songwriter or just yeah. a songwriter? No, I would say singer songwriter. Are you? I, I, when I moved to Nashville, I got a record deal first, and oh. I, I was going to be. I made a record for, for Capitol Records, but. Uh, uh, I wasn't, yeah, I made a record. I thought it was good music and stuff, but I, my, I, I, I it's just a weird thing. I hated the being on stage part. Really? Yeah. It's just, uh, I most people, that's all they want. I know. That's that, what, that's the, what it is. They're in the business. That's what it is. And, and I think it came from watching my dad growing up so humble. He didn't like being in, he yeah. just, he, he was, uh, it was not a false humility. It was just a, Oh man, no, 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 you know. He didn't whatever. want the attention. Right. He yeah. didn't and so when I got up in there, when I started that, I'd go up and sing and it would sound good, but all of a sudden it started turning into where Kenny Chesney and Garth Brooks and Springsteen, all these guys are run I mean, it was such a show. It yeah. Was such a big show. Other than George Strait and Alan Jackson, these guys, they were kinda of standing there. Stand there and sing. But I was not that wasn't that I wasn't Kenny and I wasn't that's what they were it was turning into a great big show and i just had a trouble doing it. i was just insecure couldn't do it mm -hmm. and uh interesting and and but not only that it just got a it just got it literally got just take taken out of my life i mean when i was finishing my record the 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 label head uh all of a sudden just retired 
and a new guy came in and it was a kind of butted heads on the project of what I was doing. He didn't see what he didn't see the way he wanted to redo it into something more commercial mm -hmm. and more something not what I liked and mm -hmm. and it just kind of it got taken away, you know. Mm -hmm. And at the same time all of a sudden somebody liked one of my songs that I did not record and you're like, "Oh, well, was that hard you know. to have it taken away, or was it just kind of a natural, okay, I guess I'm not going to do that, and I'm going to be a songwriter, and that's yeah. all great? It was at first, because, you know, your pride, and, you know, you see your peers and your friends going, yeah, I got a record, they're doing their thing, but, like, man, I I could sing and write, too, but right. I'm waiting, and I want to try to make it work, but then at the same time, uh, with my wife, you know, we had two, maybe three kids while I was trying to do that, and I, yeah. and I don't think... I'm, and now I look back and go, man, you took a young 25, 26-year-old and make all these people that think he's something and put him on the road with his friends in that situation. That it blows just, up it families, would right? not have been good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, there's too much stuff out there. Yeah, but, you know, uh, uh, yeah, so I, I just, uh, I became a songwriter and, and, uh, and, and uh, it's been, it's been fine. Yeah. You know? So um, how, how would you say today, you know, you view your songwriter, like, so you're a man of God. Yes. You walk with the Lord. Right. And so if that's true, I assume, just like right. all of us, that everything we do is unto the Lord. Yeah. And now, it might not be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus all the time. Like I was saying on our road trips with Mason, it's not like we're just quoting Scripture and praying all the time. Right. So it doesn't have to look a certain way. But in your heart, you must mm. be pretty convinced that what you're doing is unto the Lord what does that look like for you well yeah it's a it's it's changed it's definitely changed in the I guess you'd call it the sanctification process yeah. you know coming up uh, I coming up I got saved and um, realized you know yes I believe in I believe in God I believe in Jesus mm -hmm. I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure I believed him you know, yeah. I'm not sure I, he was, he was my Lord and savior, but, but he was not the Lord of my life. Yeah. And so yeah. I was walking with him and trying to walk the line, but at the same time, yep. there were things I wasn't going to let him have. That, that's know? such a great description. So many people, we're, we're all in that stage at some right. level, right? Right. In, in and so lives. I was like, man, it's just a, I mean, it'll put me on stage. I mean, if I get a number one, I'll get on a stage and I'll get to say thanks to him. So I'll, I'll, I'll say his name on stage. I right. was, that's how I thought of it. You know? Yes. Yeah. I know I'm writing a, I literally, I will, I am guilty of my entire career really writing what I know, you know, in my life. And I, yeah, and almost guilty to a fault. Like something, I'm not going to write it if I just don't, you know, if it's not. Part of you. Yeah, part of me. That's not the way, I, you know, so I write what I know. So I, yes, I've written some drinking songs that, granted, I'm not a, I don't drink Jose Cuervo. I wrote a fun song with. 10 rounds of Jose Cuervo. I can sing a, it right now. With a friend of mine that, <laughs> that had that story, you know. I was like, yeah. oh, that's, and we just had a blast. It was one of my best friends, had a great time. I don't, I don't think I've ever drank it. 10 rounds of Jose Cuervo. Or one shot of tequila. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do it. I know it. I, I, I would drink beer occasionally. Right, And right. that's it. Yep. And, uh, but, uh, so we wrote it and had fun. And, and next thing you know, it gets, uh, it got recorded. And I'll tell you a great story. This is where, you talk about doing it unto, unto the Lord. This yeah. is the big one of the biggest convictions I had was uh, in a startup uh, in a startup church in my 
my town now, Thompson Station out there, there was a new church. So we moved out there and, I, and we're in a little church and we split up in s- small groups certain nights and I'm over at the preacher, someone's house at a, at a small group and we're studying something in the book. And, our, and actually our pastor was in this group. And maybe there were certain things that were, that, that, I wasn't trying to keep hidden. I just never offered them out there, yeah, you know, yeah. when you're walking in the church trying to trying to figure out how to walk better with the Lord. And um, But one night we were in a study, and, and he was like, well, you know, this is what you do to keep strong and, and, and uh, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what we're studying. but and, 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 and to get through the life, you lean on whatever, and then the pastor goes, or, you know, to get through some of those real tough times, you could just... Have ten, ten rounds with Jose Cuervo, can't you, Casey? And I was like, oh. So I guess the cat's out of the bag. I wrote that. And basically, how do you justify that? And I so, go, man, I, you know, you better better watch out what you do because people are watching and you are listening, so you want to, you know. But, uh, yeah. So that's one of the things I want to talk to you about. And you won't remember this, but when we first met in that football shed mm-hmm. facility in Iowa City, and I was thanking you for that song, Just Fishing. Right. And you, you made the comment to me. You said something along the lines of, you know, looking back, there are some songs that I kind of wish I hadn't have been part of. But at the same time, those are songs that kind of gave me the platform that I have now. And has that been a, a struggle? Like, I always wonder with artists. Denzel Washington is my favorite actor of all time. Right. You know Denzel. Yes. Great movies. Yes. Um, some of the roles he's played, he's he's a Christian. He's right. a professing Christian, and I think that it's and genuine because I've I've read a bunch about him. You were going to say great words sometimes. You yeah, know, he brings it. Yeah. And, and so, uh, and I, I'm not saying this can't happen, but I'm just curious. Like for an artist, where is the line? You know, like where where is the line? Is it okay um, to write ten rounds of Jose Cuervo? I I personally in 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 the umbrella of christian freedom i think it is well but, but so how have you navigated that you you've indicated by what you just said that that has changed over time for you absolutely but but how do you even navigate that today well yeah t- so it's it's a it's a tough thing at the time you know you you look at it like look and i gotta make money for my it, also the my relationship with Christ has grown so much. You know, totally, there's a lot totally. of things I don't un, didn't understand. Totally, we were Man, all he's that a way. forgiving God, and that's how I walked with him. And he did this and that, and you know, and it's all right. I know you can't. Well, they, you know, I had there were just things in my life that I was going to control, and, and and that that were off the table. You mm-hmm. know, and I could do this, but it's it's for the money. And if I get up there, I'll thank you. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Even though I look back and it's almost blasphemous blasphemous i'm like hey, thank the lord lord's like look i didn't have anything to do with that song you wrote that song dude you know, you know but i've said that a lot of times i go man this i wrote this song yeah against his will i wrote this song mm. I, we did this and um but uh, uh but it gives you a platform mm-hmm. to be able to say more stuff but not only that i look at it this way and when i was reading some of your things which you would text me i was like yeah you know it gives me, it's like when Jesus tried to preach in his hometown, you know, it's tough because yeah. people are like, wait, that guy, you're not, you can't be Jesus. I've seen you, you used to just be this guy working on, be a carpenter or whatever you did, you know, that yeah. you're not, you're not the Messiah. Yeah. And yeah. So I'm not, you're, 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 whatever you say, it's not going to work here. 
yeah. couldn't have, make any miracles happen because they don't believe them. Right. So now they, the, a lot of people could look at me, and the further I've gone in my walk, the deeper in the, how it's changed, the transformation in our lives. I look at it like this is going, wait, that guy, that's the guy that wrote 10 rounds with Jose Cuervo or, or, right. or Drinking Bone or whatever. And yeah. you're like, yeah, look what the Lord's done with him. Totally. Look where it's brought him. That's crazy. And that's one thing. Or they can go, I don't buy it. I, yeah. don't, believe, I don't buy it. Or well, look what the Lord's done. So and I can't control that. All I know is that, um, yes, I've been convicted on all fronts in those things when, yeah. I've, done, when I've done it, when you deal with them. But it's changed and it's gotten way more. That now it's, it's not not a legalistic off the table thing. It's just like I'm not gonna yeah. say, I'm just not gonna do that. You know, like as far as like, and I'll be honest with you, like Drinking Bone, I could justify that all day long. I said, I love that a, song. Yeah, I like people. The, the party guy that's singing, I go, yeah, you know what? It, it, it's true. The more you drink, the more you drink, and the more you get in trouble. Yeah. That's what it is. So let me, I'm going to do this. This is so weird. Yeah. I said to my wife, I'm going to sing on this podcast. Here's, and you can jump in if you yeah. want, but the drink and bones connected to the party bone. The party bones connected to the staying out all night long. She won't think it's funny and I'll wind up all alone. And the lonely bones connected to the drink and bone. Right. Th- right. That song. It turns into a cycle and it never stops. That song basically says don't drink. Ex- exactly. <laughs> I have no problem with that song. <laughs> That's right. It's kind of a, it's one of the, the non-drinking drinking song. I've always called it that. I'm not condoning it. And people go, man, you're a party, blah, blah, blah. It's like when I write, my quest, and my, it always is to, even more to trick people in country music especially of late just to if i could say you instead of her and put rather than first person song about the lord yeah i always i love to hear people sing think they're singing about the girl or the guy but they're singing to the lord and if i can do that then then my job is done i'm just going through some of your i'm on your wikipedia page Mm. um some of the songs you've written (laughs) this is along the vein of what we're talking about a song by Eric Church, Hell of a View. Right. Now, there are some really, really strict Christians yeah. who go, oh, you can't say hell right. on a song. You're right. a Christian, and right. the word hell is in your song? Right. I, I, I guess I am a little less uh, legalistic than maybe right. some people would want to be about that. But yeah. that just must be something that you've just had to navigate and be like, you know what? It is what it is. It was what it was yeah. when it was in your past. Right. And, um, and Denzel Washington has to say, hey, I'm going to play this character. Yeah. And there are going to be some language and some scenes that maybe mm-hmm. some people have a problem with, but the overall message is a redeeming message, and the Lord's called me to do this, and right. my critics can say what they want, but yeah. I'm accountable to the Lord. Yeah, and I look at the overall view of that song. Total, I'm with you on it. The, the, the whole idea of that, the first pitch of that song was was from uh, the, one of the co-writers, man, it ain't always heaven, life, but it, but some, but it's a hell of a view. Yeah, that one. I, I it love was that. just all it was was the play on the heaven and hell, and it's like, and and I remember talking about it, and originally it was like, yeah, and I could justify that by going first of all because the Lord knows my heart, and heck of a view, just doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> so He knows my heart. That's so right. you know, yeah. and, and and third, first of all, the point was, yeah, life isn't always easy, mm. but. But he, he builds us in that time. In the hell, 
he's building it's it's a good there's he he could show us something in the hill that's yes. what I, that's the way i mean you know so i was just my own you yeah. know we could you yeah, that, that, that and i don't care if people see it that way but and yet and honestly i don't yeah it just it was a it's it's a young couple hanging on to what they got not the money not the stuff i like the message of the song yep i'm not a big i'm not I'm not going to say I, I think it's okay to just go, yeah, it's a hell of a year. It's kind of glamorizing hell, but I don't, I don't think it is. And when I, the Lord knows where it came totally. from. Totally. And, and that's what I think is important. And even for our audience, you know, this isn't just a burden that a songwriter, a Christian songwriter right. deals with. We all do. Right. Like where, where is it okay for me to do what I think the Lord's called me to do that some Christians might have a problem with. Right. Like, I'm accountable to God. That, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. You're not going to stand, you don't stand in judgment of your peers. You know, you're, you don't, when you leave this earth, or when you're, you know, on the judgment day or whatever, you know, the, uh, uh, my pastor just said this two days ago. He goes, yeah, because, you know, when it's all over and we're standing at the judgment seat of our peers, peers, and he goes, no. No, judgment seat of Christ. It's Christ. It's yeah. just God. We don't answer to them, so we don't have to follow our peers. Amen. That's a. It's like a, man. When I got that, yeah. when I got, when I started to believe God and trust Him, believe Him, not just believe in Him, believe His word and go. No, He means it. He knows this is it. Then, the chains come off. The freedom is like. Totally. Oh my goodness! Freedom. I could walk in Him, and I don't have to worry about. As long as I'm walking Him, it will obey the the human laws or whatever yeah. but I don't have to be in fear yeah. of what you people put on me and I don't and, and I mean if you're doing something that's flat out sin I mean right. of course that's not totally. okay but no that's what I'm saying if yeah. it falls when you're when you listen to him yeah. and he and the Holy Spirit convicts you that's and everything right. you're doing then I don't need your laws I that's don't even right. need your laws because I'm going to be okay with yeah. my Lord I'm good you know that's good um, just because I want to go through some of these songs. I mean, it's such a great list. And this, you've written way more than this. You said even when we were offline, you need to uh, release a record with a bunch of songs that haven't made the radio. And I'd be one of the first to buy it. By the way, um, on my Apple or my uh, Amazon Music app, mm-hmm. I literally, I could show it to you. I won't. I have a playlist. It's just Casey Bethard songs. Oh and so, I mean, here's, yeah. here's some of them. Um, like Jesus does, Eric Church. Yeah. So one of the things we didn't talk about is this platform that you've earned, right. which has been built in part by, quote-unquote, a couple party songs, right. has allowed you to write some stuff that's a little more... Yeah. You, you've gained the clout to, to write stuff that's a little more right. openly redeeming or right. honoring yeah, to totally. Christ. Um, and you can almost see from my career and through the songs that I've come through and gone through... You could tell where I was in my life. Like sanctification, you can yeah. see it in the songs. Yeah, you could see it and where I was. One of the, one of my favorite songs by Eric Church is Homeboy. Yes. That is a it, people if you haven't heard Homeboy, this is a powerful song about a prodigal. Totally. Isn't it? That's what it is. It's a prodigal. And, and I've got a, a brother in my life who was like this. Yes. And it's it's the the deep prayer of of an older brother going I hope you come yeah. back home. Yeah. Powerful. Totally. I'm getting choked up here. Yeah. Um, the Boys of Fall. Yeah. I mean, a football song, just awesome that Kenny Chesney recorded. Right. Uh, the Breath You Take, George yes. Strait. Yeah. That's a powerful song about just what's your priority. Yeah, what are you doing in life? Yeah. You know, it's not about the, 
It's the it's doing it's the moments that take your breath away instead of the just just breathing. Don't blink, Kenny Chesney. Yeah. Just a reminder of the passage of time, yeah. and you better be making it count. Yeah. Um, we in in my house, George Strait is the king. Yeah. And uh, my daughters especially love how about them cowgirls. Yeah. My daughter, my wife was raised on a cattle farm, so she's kind of a cowgirl yeah. in her own right. Um, That's awesome. Tracy Lawrence, find out who your friends are. Yeah. Did. When you wrote it, did you know they were going to do that collab with? No, like, I didn't. It's, uh, no, it's isn't like a it full Kenny circle. Chesney and Tim McGraw and 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 Tracy. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, Drinking Bone by Tracy Tracy Bird. You got to go listen to the song if you haven't. I would recommend it highly. No shoes, no shirt, no problem. This song, this song reminds me. That's Kenny Chesney, of something that I've always said. Like some really strict, what I would say, legal legalistic Christians, yeah. would look at me. And go, you let your kids listen to that music, that country music? It's like, yeah, I do. We listen to a little bit of Def Leppard, too. Yeah. And we listen to a little bit of whatever. Right. Um, and they say, well, that's not godly music. And there's all this sex in it. And what I always say is, if you interpret this music through the lens of a Christian marriage, it's all right. it's all okay. Yes. And so yeah. the reason I was laughing about no shoes, no shirt, no problem, isn't there like a sexual innuendo in that? It's... Uh, it's it's like, babe, you know, no shoes, no shirt. No oh yeah, problem. yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. If it's yeah, it, you could definitely look at it that way. It's, it's so, a. It was a. Uh, that that was a. It just fell out one day while I was sitting on the couch, and it was actually an old quote from Jeff Spicoli in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Is he it? said it in that movie. No <laughs> shoes, no shirt, no problem, man or dude or whatever. And I and it just fell out. But yeah. Um, I didn't know this, but on this Wikipedia page, it tells what dates they're released. Wow. Aaron Tippin, where the Stars and Stripes and the Eagle Fly was released six days after 9-11. Right. Right. It was, but it was written. Before that. It was written way before that. But they were just like, let's, let's crank this thing out. It was too, it was too patriotic. The label, that's where Aaron is. That's where we were. Before 9-11? We were, Yes. It was, too, it was too patriotic. It might, yep. And then after 9-11, they got they, green light. They took, they, the, the label said, oh, what about that song? We could probably, ca-. and they were like. Wow. It was, it was sad. It was sad. We wrote so that, we wrote that about six months, seven months before 9-11. So there's a lot of politics in all this. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Tell me about the process of writing music. Are, are you more the lyric guy or the music guy or both? Uh, both, 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 but almost um compulsive about lyric okay yeah, you know like so ocd oh, about yeah, lyrics totally so yeah. uh, just a couple weeks ago my 14 year old daughter had an english project to write a 14 line sonnet and so she's at home asking us like how do you write a sonnet it's got to have all this meter yeah. and all this rhyming and so we're laying there and we're kind of writing this poem i'm helping her like come up with lines for this sonnet it's fun right and uh i can I could see putting words together. I mean, it's it's yeah. extremely hard to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm some pro, but I mean, we were able to slap together this kind of corny sonnet. But the thing that just makes my head explode in trying to comprehend how it even happens is the music and the lyric. It's, yeah. It just seems impossible to me. So yeah. what's your process? Uh, both. Sometimes it's the music. I've got a phone full of melody 
and different tracks of melody that I'd sing with mumbles and on And this it. melody just comes to you? Yeah, well, usually when I'm walking or they're just walking. I mean, it's constant. I don't stop humming or thinking or whatever. You should have jumped in with me on Drinking Bone there. I'm disappointed you that's did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But, uh, yeah, and I'm watching life always, listening to people talk and find and hearing a title and, and having to, you know, there's, just retreat for a second and put it down on my phone or you know two, two things that i can i relate to as i hear you talk about that one is i do a little bit of preaching right or i do this podcast where we're doing a bible overview yeah. and you're always watching and observing and listening for an illustration yeah so exactly. there's a little bit of that totally and then um i'm in the process of buying some screen printing stuff yeah because I want to be able to print my own T-shirts. Yeah. Just with whatever message. You want us, Do you want T-shirts? And man. I mean, I, I've got a list on my phone of T-shirt ideas. That's so awesome. But but that's a little bit like what you're talking about. Totally. I mean, those are titles. Those are, that's it. Let's write this. Let's do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching live that you know. Uh, hey, what's up, homeboy? What's up, Holmes? You know, just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hear that and go. Homeboy. That's uh. That's something. That's Guys, something. the song "Home by Homeboy" by Eric Church. You've got to listen to this song. It's yeah. a brilliant, brilliant song. And it's where my, it's where I was. It was my my second son was going through that at the time, and they uh, and CJ and coming he coming home from a football practice. I'm out there in the yard was weed eating, and they got out of the car uh, from football practice in the summertime, walking up, and I just went, you know. They're, they're just cutting up laughing. And I mm-hmm. said, man, I'm so thankful my kids are raised and love each other, know the Lord, but they, they, they love each other so much. I said, <clears throat> I know if either one of them, if Tuck ever got two laws, I, could just, I just saw it on them. While the weed eaters go on, I was just looking at them and I waved at them and I thought <laughs> he'd go find them. We'd go find him if mm-hmm. he ever got two laws. You he'd know? come home, boy. Yeah, we'd get him. He'd, he'd, and that's where the whole wheels started turning and yeah so those type things love it um so you're more the lyric guy yes than the music guy but you do some music too oh yeah i do i mean i i I, i'm almost again you know it's tough when you to to to, i'm not it's not really tough i got a few that are few few friends that i we just gel and we collaborate a lot together but i i can be i could be a little tough to Try work to with co- yeah because yeah. i want to I, I control it kind I, of yeah yep. yeah unfortunately yeah. well and i'm sure that as you kind of get older and get more seasoned and more experienced you have a clearer idea of what you want to do so that probably even gets yeah even more so right well well yeah a, a little bit but then at the same time now there's so many young kids you're mentoring or discipling or whatever you yeah. want to call it yeah now i i I've, I've, I've gotten to a point where i've gone yeah they're they're a little more hip to the what's going on. How yeah. you could say maybe we need more syllables if that's how they talk. If that's how the if he wants to do that, then cool. Yeah. But let's not get too. I'm not going to go to some points where you guys would want to go. I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm way past that. Yeah. So uh, I'm not asking you how much money you make or anything like that. But right. what's the process of getting paid as a songwriter? You were telling me offline that it's totally changed. I was asking you if I download Homeboy from Apple iTunes, yeah. Um, how much money are you going to see of that 99 Not, cents or that $1.29? I mean, it's not even pennies anymore. For The laws are written, in the, in the, and in Congress, they're not willing to change anything because 
they're beholden to the the big tech companies that own everything and so so yeah if you're not if you're not singing on it or own the mass of the recording or producing those guys are they're the record labels and the singer uh, are making the money even if they didn't write it the singer didn't write the song he's making they're making the you know they're making the money and then um, the writers just if they don't have any piece of the track or the singing or backgrounds they're not going to make so how do you make money uh you don't for me <laughs> for me anymore i mean what the, the the only way the best way now is it's, it's still the, always been the best way is to have hits on radio radio still plays terrestrial radio still pays right yeah they pay the writers Oh, okay. Like they're supposed to be paid. Okay, so if I hear Homeboy on the radio, right. then what? Then do you, I'm how, getting, how's that work? That's being calculated up by the you know, royalties company, the BMIs and ASCAPs and yeah. whatever the world that are. And they're taking that in, and I still get paid quarterly by them and, and by yearly by my publisher mm-hmm. who goes. They, they tabulate, tabulate all the, the downloads that you do get. You get something. And then all the record sales of the past. And but whatever. the downloads are like a fraction. Yeah, of, such a fraction. So yeah. um, what have been a couple of the highest, the, the songs that have been best to you in a financial sense? Um, obviously, No Shoes. No Shoes. I was going to say that. Is that the number one one? Yeah, that's got to be. Because it's a, you know, I, it was a solo. I wrote it myself. And now I'm, so you're not and splitting up the money with not anyone? Not splitting it up. And it's been a timeless song. Oh, they, yeah. They play it every year, all the time. And so it's like... Uh, not to compare it with those, some of those things, those cheeseburgers and whatever those are, you know, those, those ones. Yeah. But, but those are fun outdoor songs. Summer's coming. Here it is. Oh, I love it. So that'll always be paid uh, playing. But, yeah, that one, that one initially, when that happened early in my career, it kind of got me out of the hole of being, when you, when you come to Nashville and you get a you network and do your thing, you might get son, signed by a publisher. And that, a while ago, that's how they did it. They they give you a draw to you know to support your writing habit, and you, but everything you made would get paid back to them first. So you were never really making any money, but and and it might be three or four years before you make a hit song, and uh, so now you have a big hole to dig out of getting advanced money, you know. Mm-hmm. So and so that one got me out of that hole, and where I've never I haven't really had to take any advanced money. Awesome. Oh, wow. so, yeah. uh, something we got to talk about, which I intended to open with, but because we opened with mm-hmm. just fishing, we're just getting into it now. So, I mean, I bleed black and gold. I've been a Hawkeye fan yeah. since I was, I mean, the 1985 season in Iowa, at Iowa was, yeah. uh, uh, they were number one in the nation. I was 10 years old. And like, you're, you're like, that's very impressionable on a 10 year old kid, Man. you know, having your team yeah. do well, Hayden Fry, um, Rose Bowl, Chuck Long, the mm. whole deal. And so um, you guys just kind of came into the Hawkeye, you know, world for yeah. a few years, and then you're kind of out. But from the time I was 10 years old, bucket list, I mean, near the top, and I wasn't sure it would ever happen, was I wanted to see the Hawkeyes play in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I mean, and, and I did. My, my son and my it wasn't dad. Fun, was it? No, but you know what? <laughs> We were there. It was yeah. thirty-five nothing in the first half, and Ike tells me later. Maybe I shouldn't say this. He said that the offense knew what the first play was going to be. They're standing on the sideline, going, 
that, that run to McCaffrey that was the first touchdown. Yeah. It's like everyone knew that was going to be the yeah. play. What the heck? Yeah. But but anyway, yeah. it's 35 nothing. I'm there with my friends. I'm with my dad. I'm with my son. We have a picture of the two of them um, that's with granddaddy at the granddaddy, which is way cool. And I'm, I'm like, this is a bucket list thing happening. I didn't even care. Yeah. I honestly did yeah. not care that we were getting killed. And I've got some friends that think I'm crazy for that. But it was just like a dream that I'd had since I was 10 years old came true. And your son is largely responsible for making it happen. Um, that was, I was awesome. I was, was so, so cool. excited to go to the Rose Bowl. This is just a confession. When we were in that Big Ten championship game, I was pretty sure that if we lost to Michigan State close, we were going to get the Rose Bowl. So you I mean, were I mean, it wasn't. So, I mean, you're kind of going, man, it'd be fun to win the Big Ten championship, yeah. but all these other fans sitting yeah. around us are so disappointed that we yeah. lost in the last play or whatever. Oh, man, that was tough. Um, that was. But, but I'm sitting here going, I think we're going to Pasadena, baby. Yeah. And so I wasn't disappointed at all. But um, I was telling my kids just a few days ago that I was going to be interviewing you and, and my daughter, who is a rabid Hawkeye fan now. She was a little young then. Yeah. She's a big Luca Garza fan oh, yeah. and Hawkeye football. I mean, she and she has got no patience for anything less than perfection. You know, she's kind oh, of yeah. crazy. But I'm saying, like, I'm I'm interviewing CJB's dad, and so I pulled up the play at the Big Ten Championship to Tavon yes. Smith. Yes, just so awesome. Oh man. So I mean, I wanted to talk Hawkeye football with you at least a little bit. What are some of your greatest memories from being? The quarterback's dad, yeah, that, Kirk Ferentz, and the team, and all that. That was uh, my wife and I will, will still say that that was some of the that was some like the like five of the best years of our lives. You know, mm-hmm. just getting in to be in that family, to be part of it. And I'm talking about when he was redshirted. We started going up there, or even the first time we ever went on a visit. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it was just something like it was a last minute thing. You know, he was committed to good old Miss and mm-hmm. just, you know, came out of the blue like a God, you know, and it was, uh, and I always knew, I mean, that, that everybody knew being a football guy and my dad knowing Kirk and all that, um, I just knew that he was a straight up guy. I knew yeah. he was one of the best guys and best coaches and, you know, in football. It, you couldn't get, I, I, I was well aware of the, Hawkeye stuff, the, the, the family and the team. I'm not sure I knew where Iowa was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but we went up and visited. And from that day on, visiting, I was just like sucked in. I said, these, these people, this is a real, these people are real. Yeah. This guy, they run it right. They run it right. And so kind of figured we were, yeah, we we're probably in for the long haul. There was no promises. There was no nothing. It was just a, let's see how you de- develop. Mm-hmm develop guys you know mm-hmm. so that's why that you know and it was just i mean going and watching and some of it was frustrating you know it's always frustrating right. probably watching watching the team but but uh, but uh some of it was frustrating as a uh, just a bystander watching and trying to just waiting your turn yeah that 12 and 0 season in 2015 that was so that was miraculous along with mason and i traveling around to see the uh, the yankees play baseball We've been in the process of seeing the, the Hawkeyes play in every Big Ten stadium. Right. And so during that season, we were at quite a few of the games on the road and at home. If, from, and that was an amazing season. Mm-hmm. I just saw a clip the other day from that wrestling match yeah. that was in the stadium yeah. before the Minnesota game. Yep. And that Minnesota game that we won was 
to go 10 and 0, which was going to be the best start in Hawkeye yeah. football season ever. Yeah. And and there were a couple other games in that season. And they were the black. They were all black that night. That's so good. That was awesome. So I mean, what do you remember from that season, or what are some highlights, like specific plays or games or road trips or any of that? Wait, yeah, that 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 night of uh, the the Minnesota deal, getting there early and knowing that, and I think they almost, I think they sold out the stadium for the the, the wrestling first. Yeah, it was. I mean, I mean, they had to have 40 or 50. It was like 45,000 people. It was crazy. For a wrestling meet. Yeah, so that was part of the fun, <laughs> and that just made the, you know, tailgating longer. And yep. you know, But it was fun, you know, hanging out. I, just the people. Just the people. I, I never met a, anybody I didn't like when I was around. Were Iowa. you kind of hero status because you were CJ's well, dad? Yeah, later on, especially when his hair was all that. Yeah, but, well, <laughs> actually, he cut it though right before he started starting. Right. Yeah. yeah so, uh but yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was kind of it was kind of crazy. It was it was fun to know that you know you become you're not that songwriter guy. You're just CJ's dad. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty awesome and fun. And but that night and uh, that night and uh, you would have been at, going to Nebraska. I was going to say game. you would have been at the Nebraska game. Yeah, the fun, we, twelve yeah, and zero. Yeah, that was it was a freezing cold game that the I told my son we were at my mother-in-law's for for Thanksgiving yeah and I told Mason if this game is for 12 and 0 we're driving over there yeah and we get about an hour from home left early that morning and he throws up in the car oh my god and I'm like are we turning around he's like no we're not turning around so we go (laughs) we it ended up that he just had some orange juice on an empty stomach and so he he wasn't sick but we froze our tails off oh but what a great time what a great night that was i still remember kanziri's touchdown to seal that deal late in the game yeah a lot of fun that was awesome it was just uh yeah i there were i don't think i i mean just so many games every game yeah just the the one that really sticks is out of the start of the season you know like that pit 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 game at home that 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 52 yard field goal and i remember yeah, it was just uh, it to was, win the game. It was miraculous. It that, was awesome. That game, I don't know if you remember this, and you weren't around when it happened, but Brett Greenwood was mm-hmm. a D back for Iowa, mm-hmm. who after he got done at Iowa was paralyzed. Yeah. And, and and they brought Brett Greenwood yep. out to lead yeah. the team out. Do you remember that? Yeah. Totally. And the place was going bananas because totally. Pat Anger was kind of helping yep. him walk out, and then they also paid tribute to Tyler Sash, who had died yep. a couple yep. weeks before that, and so I've always said yeah. that. Two of the unsung heroes of that season, mm-hmm. I think, are Greenwood and Sash because the way that the crowd started out that game, yeah, because of the way that they kind of brought Greenwood and Sash into it, mm-hmm. they're they're at fever pitch all night long, yeah. and then it was back and forth. They barely hang on. They win with that long field goal, and it's like, man, if Greenwood or Sash hadn't been part of the script that night, is it yeah. a different outcome? And if it's a different outcome. What happens to 12 and 0? Well, you exactly. don't get to 12 and 0, and you might exactly. get a lot less than that. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. That's crazy. And 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 by the way, you know, I've I've not. I don't think it's relented at all the passion for Hawkeye sports. I watched. And I texted my CJ the other night. I'm like, how do you blow that? I mean, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> you're still so many ops to win. If it make some free throws, we win this game. <laughs> know. You know, so and, you're still a Hawkeye. Oh man, totally. <laughs> yeah, the girls, it. I celebrated with them the other day. I was, yes. Yeah, I was at my dad's on Sunday. Just 
in front of the TV watching the girls play. You That's know? awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Love every part of it. Well, obviously, you're welcome yeah. back anytime. Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, another, the final thing I think I want to talk about with you before you got to get going is um, a few minutes ago at the very beginning, you were talking about talking to your dad about the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you said, especially the last couple of years, yes. I need to know where my dad stands. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's in reference to you losing Clay. Yes. Um, yeah. So your son, Clay, right. who, um, I'll let you tell that story, but I'm just going to say a couple things before you do. Uh, the Butker family, Ike and Katie, yep. have a son, Clay, now, yes. who I know is named after your son, Clay. Yeah. And also, and I'm going to try to find this link, and maybe you can help me find it. But one one day I was traveling to Toronto from Iowa, driving. I stopped overnight in Detroit. I'm scrolling through Facebook, and I see on Adrian Butker's, it was just a week or two after his funeral, uh, a link on her Facebook page about, you need to watch this funeral uh, for Clay Bethard. And it was probably 2 or 3 in the morning. I'm in my hotel room watching this funeral. And I had your number from way back when we met before. And it was, and and I kind of feel bad saying this, or I don't know if I'm saying it the right way, but because I I certainly don't want to, talk about your son's death in a way that's like like um it was inspiring because you lost your son i mean that's horrific but that funeral was so real and so christ exalting and so inspiring and i had a text message typed out to you and i thought i don't even know if this guy's going to remember me it's the middle of the night and i don't even want to really bring this up and so I've been hanging on to that for a couple of years, but but I thought you and your wife, in yeah. a terrible circumstance, and, and your whole family and the preacher, yes, I mean, talk about taking a really really bad situation and making the most out of it. And what I've heard since then, Adrian and and the Butkers have kind of kept me, you know, up to speed about just how many people were impacted by that. But talk about yeah. Clay. Talk about going through that. There are people. Um, we, we just have some friends back home who lost a son, a young son, last week in a tragic thing. You're in a group of people who never, ever, ever want to walk that path. I, I watched this, this family that just went through this, some other friends we've had who've lost kids, your situation. I don't want to be part of that group, and now you're part of it. Yeah. Um, it is. It's absolutely a – it's the worst case scenario you could draw up in, in a parent's life. You know, that a phone call you get late at night, like something that you never like to hear him, but uh, uh, the phone go off late. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, Clay, uh, Clay loved the Lord. That's, that's most important. Uh, he's a competitor. He had a lot of, you know, he's a, he was a different guy that would just, he was a underdog fan you know he was uh he he liked to toe the line and do things the right way he wanted to work you know he had dreams of being a navy seal or something like you know doing that type he wanted to fight for the for the downtrodden you know he was just he pulled for those people he Mm. thought you ought to do things the right way or don't do it you know was uh he uh you know he was the the cleaner of all our guns in the house. He, hmm. he took care of stuff. He wanted to be the man, that type of guy. And it, but at the same time, you know, he had some had some righteous anger in him. You know that that 
that no, it's, that's wrong. You don't do that. You, mm-hmm. know, and like, you know, and we had conversations about it. Well, you don't. And he wasn't never gotten fights, you mm-hmm. know, like that. But uh, a lot. But but he would stand up. Uh, he would stand up and tell a coach, I I don't think you should have kicked that guy out of the game. He, he did it because he got hit first, and that was wrong. Mm. And we were getting our butts kicked, and someone's got to stand up and stand up to a coach like that where you go, you got to respect your coach, that type. He He's got that, the gumption to do that. That's him, mm-hmm. that kind of leader. Well, his buddy's getting his butt kicked at a bar. Clay was not drinking, not drunk. He had quit that because mm. he was – and he went up to stand up for his buddy, and and, and the guy, and a couple of guys, they, uh, they, they, he had been through jail a bunch, multiple times, and he pulled out something out of his. It's on video. I wouldn't watch it, but mm-hmm. uh, he he just came out of nowhere with a, something out of the back of his pants, a shank, a knife, or something, and just uh, killed him and uh, one of Clay's good friends. And, and killed another guy. Both of them. Two guys. Yeah, right there on his first night home for Christmas after from college. And, this uh, 2019. 2019, and uh, yeah, so uh, it was there. Immediately, you wonder how you go. Okay, now what? And I remember walking back in the house, and I'm like, now what? <laughs> and um, we have a gate at our house. We live way off the road, so we have a gate. It's mechanically. Mm-hmm. Supposed to operate in the first time in in the in the ten years we've had it, uh, it broke about three days prior, and so I just pulled the pins on and left it open. And Susan's going, "You got to get that fixed because we live too far. People come up and blah blah blah." And we've had, you know, not 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 weird. We've had some shady people come up and, that, and want mm-hmm. stuff, and mm-hmm. something stolen before, but. You got to get that fixed. And I said, it's Christmas time. It's not going to, I don't know if we'll get the guy out here. And so we left it alone. And so we walked back in, back in the house that morning and, and we're just, it's just dead silent. You're just trying to figure it out. And uh, by afternoon, a couple of people just came and left stuff on the door, porch, and mm-hmm. knocked on the door. And I didn't know the custom. We don't know. We are not familiar with all this. But yeah, but the, what do you do when your son gets murdered? Yeah. That custom? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the love that started pouring in mm-hmm. and the, the support was so overwhelming that I know I, I, that I look back and I go, God, I mean, if our gate had been weird, we would have kept it all out. He'd mm. leave us alone. Mm. And then, of course, my pastor came over who had immediately, who had been through the same type thing. He lost a son on his way to college to leave in a car wreck hmm. and uh so not not too far not too long about about eight or ten years before that so he came over and just we started talking and he's the one that said first of all case you know you didn't lose him hmm. you know where he is mm-hmm. he's just there he's on the other side of the veil and i was like mm-hmm. okay really Steve, I mean, I need to know. Mm. I want to know what happens now. So what? Mm-hmm. Uh, to make a long story short, it was like, okay, and we just opened up the Bible as a family and as friends came in over. We just all mourned together, and our house turned into a church for three weeks straight. Wow. Doing nothing, no TV, no nothing mattered anymore. It was in the Bible. 
It was in, in the, in the, in his presence and peace fell on that house. Like it was unexplainable. I, I look back at that, that's that, that service. And when I, when I started immediately learning out who God is and how real he is and the hope of heaven and the truth of it, mm-hmm. what happens? All of a sudden I was like, Oh my goodness. I mean, we're all, we're all leaving. And it, you know, wasn't a long life, but it was a full life. And, he, and that's, you know, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't wish him back here for nothing because I know, and in ways it started transforming our family in a way that it was just, oh, it can only be God. But the, but the, but the, I look back at that service and I don't know how many people were there, probably, probably 1,500, 12, or 2,000. I don't know. But, uh, but it was, uh, the best, most, most incredible experiences I've ever had in my life. I've ever felt in my life. I can't explain where the peace came, where the words came from, where anything came from. It just happened. And, and the people that got saved and the people that gave their life to Christ and then the ripple effect, and it's still going to that. I wouldn't be, I don't, I'm not sure I would be here today if, 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 uh, if, if that had not happened, hmm. the opportunities to speak about him, what he's done in our life because mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. because that's exactly what he does. I don't, I'm not, you know, we could be here all day talking about the the doctrine of the elect and, you mm-hmm. know, of election and all these things. And I could talk about who are his and all these mm-hmm. things and how that goes. But, um, and what are, are the freedom he gives us, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he knows, he knew exactly, my, I know mm-hmm. that God knew exactly when Clay was going to come home. Yeah, amen. Ab- absolutely. And so, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying that he knew, that's not the way he want. he would have, if it, you know. Yeah, our I days know, are numbered before I, we're born. And I look at it like, yeah. okay, this one, I look at it this way. This one, this, for those out there that don't understand, this mm-hmm. one I'm trying to say is that, mm-hmm. and you could tell me if I'm wrong, this one, he's going to, have the buck the system and thing and the, you know he's going to stand up and try to do my job and he's going to do he's going to be crazy and I'm going to get to him and he's my son mm-hmm. he's my son mm-hmm. he's going to uh, he's not going to have to lead all these people to Christ on his own like he thinks he's going to have mm-hmm. to or whatever because he's going to stand up in a situation and I'm going to call him home and then and he's going to a little early and then just watch what I do with this wow and it's been, I mean, I, I, I stopped, we stopped counting after 300 people that we could think of that have come to Christ and the stories that continue wow. to flow in. The opportunities I've had to go speak, I mean, out of state about who Jesus is in our lives now, what it did to my family, my kids. You had that conversation with your dad. My dad. Because when you're sitting there going, I, I literally don't know what I would do if I didn't know the Lord and if I didn't know he was saved I think I, I could I could see me not wanting to be here anymore yeah but now it's just a it's not a, it's a different kind of I'm not saying the hope of heaven it's the knowing of heaven yes I mean I know it and it's there the assurance it's that's what yeah it's yep. that kind of hope the assurance of it and so we aren't it just makes you live for a whole different reason it changes everything and I really can speak now with that joy of knowing that, mm-hmm. that where he is. And um, the hardest part is for us left yeah. behind. 
What's grief look like right now? We've just got a couple minutes with you before you got to go, but it's 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 been. I got to do a little singing thing the other night with my son and then my daughter who does praise and worship, and we sang for a fundraiser, and we're sharing songs, but you cannot help but share the Lord, mm-hmm. and that's what it. It's just the urgency of sharing the Lord, hmm. and it's uh, it's uh, we have been given, given the gift of this ministry of this trial, this testimony. Hmm. And I honestly, and, and even in the Bible, you know, we, gr- we grieve differently yes. than those who don't know him. Yep. Because we can, and we can grieve with hope. Yeah. You know, and so that's what, that's what it looks like. And so if, if, you know, if someone wants to hear, I don't go all the way in through that. I just go, look, I just know that give the Lord, just like my buddy does. I'm not saying don't go try to clean yourself up, but please give giving, you know, a relationship with Christ a chance mm. because I I know what a last day looks like. Right. And it looked like any he walked out the door and was like, Dad, love you, Dad. And I said, all right, I'll see you in a little while. And he goes, I will see you in a little while. Love you. Mm. That was it. And uh, it was, it was, uh, um, you know, there's, there's days. And there's days you have because he's such a good, he's such a, He's in one of a kind, you mm-hmm. know. What a life! I had someone yesterday just send me a picture of him, literally leaping over a guy in a football game, and stand, and, and then landing on his feet and scoring in a playoff game. I remember that picture in that game, and they called it back because you're not allowed to jump over a guy. And the guy was standing straight up, and he jumped over him. He was one of the best athletes in our family, mm-hmm. probably better than better quarterback than all of them. They all mm-hmm. quarterback, uh, but he wasn't. He was six foot instead of six two or six three, mm-hmm. and, um, but there was a lot of reasons, you know. That God does what He does with our lives, mm-hmm. but uh, I miss that guy and his, his personality, yeah. and his character, and what. And it's just, it's just a light. He's such a light, but he still is, you know. And yeah. so, and he's still alive, and in our family, and and it's. Uh, I I just so grateful that. All I'll say is this: that I think, I've never. I, can't believe how faithful and trustworthy God is mm. to His promises. And when we started looking for answers, because we had to find answers, mm-hmm. and started believing what He says in here, no, well, the vengeance is mine, so I don't, you don't get mad. Don't be so mad at this kid that did it. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, and not only that, you wouldn't do that, CJ. I know you would want to be alone, but you wouldn't because you have the heart of Christ and you're not going to mm-hmm. just go do that. Now, you defend yourself, yeah. You would have done the same thing at the bar. Mm-hmm. You would have, we all would have. But, mm-hmm. but, uh, but that's his now. That's his vengeance. Yeah. In fact, it gave me the, us the strength to go, man. I hope this kid yeah. builds a ministry in, in prison. He'd never had a dad. Yeah. And then you start looking in this kid, and I remember sitting in front of him in a preliminary trial and looking at him across the room, and I, and the Holy Spirit just told him, man, this kid. They're talking about his record mm-hmm. and his life. He had no dad. Mm-hmm. He had zero, so goes, then it all goes back. And I honestly believe that's the whole, that's the whole, uh, what's wrong with the world. Fatherlessness. Father. And it comes right to the first question you asked in this. It's all about a meant being and knowing your father. And if you don't have a father, mm-hmm. how are you going to trust your father in heaven, let alone, you know, but, but yeah. if you don't have a father, but gosh, get to know the father in heaven, or, or we don't have a chance as a yeah. nation. And we don't have a, as a, a nation, as a world, anything. And I think, I just, 
I don't, I don't see the hopelessness. I don't, it's just really wild. The best thing in my family right now is knowing that we talk so much about salvation and how much Jesus, how good it's going to be, mm -hmm. how this world is hard, but we can get through it because not in our own strength, but in his. Mm -hmm. And we talk about it every day. So what's today? It's one more day closer to sin. Our Savior, not even, not even so much clay. It's more, Our I think Savior. we'll be so, so in awe, the glory, we'll be in so much glory of Him yes. that, that we won't be focused on trying to find our love on the world. Yeah. That'll come. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, that's what I think of in all of our, so that I'm like, we say it every day. Hey, if I'm gone, right? See ya. See you soon. Yeah. And that's how it's, that's literally what it's turned into. So yeah. when people are, are literally laying hands on people in my, in my, I'm in that kind of, Yep. It'll be a wacky world of, of all my, I'm fellowship more than anybody I know that I'm just finding guys, men, and we, we share and do stuff and we pray for each other all yeah. the time. Yeah. And I really almost feel that a, I feel bad when we're trying to pray someone uh, back into this world, like, you know, like yeah. that are on their, man, he's got cancer, man, this is going to be, and I'm like, man, why? Man, he knows the Lord. He's going to heaven. I mean, I, it's kind of like a weird thing for me. Yeah. I know for us, we want him here. Yes, of course. And that's what it is. But uh, for for in the them, grand scheme of things. Yes, and, the, and and in the grand scheme of Clay going to heaven, as hard as it is, and sometimes we sit around and weep and cry, and it'll come yeah. out of nowhere. But but uh, it's always with hope. Um, in the grand scheme, what it's done with our life, Clay would go no chance. I'm coming back. Pull up your boots. Yeah. Come on, get over it. Yeah, I'll see you soon. Yeah, you know, then when we we're going, all right, and that's that's him. Yeah. Are you kidding? You guys still worried about me? You're still doing this? No, I'm not coming back. <laughs> and you guys, just wait. And I can't wait to get to heaven and go and see what this whole what it's really done. Yeah, in the kingdom. You know? That's so amazing. Uh, hopefully, can we share the link of that funeral service in the show oh, notes yeah, of this please podcast? Do. Please do. I, I got to go find it again, but yeah. people will be inspired by it. Gosh. And, and I, I, you're taking what I'm saying the right way. It's not like, oh, we're so inspired, we're glad your kid died. No, not no, at all. no. I think it's, no, use it. I, I think it's, after that, I was like, yeah, I, I mean, there were so many people going that were there the same, the same. I don't even know what that was. I don't know what that was. What was that? They went to, this was the best, biggest compliment I got from that from that yeah. service. I, we call it celebration of yeah. life. But yeah. uh, um, I got was, Casey, I walked in there not wanting to go because I didn't know how to handle uh, I didn't know how to yeah. uh, lift you up. But I walked out going, wait a minute, they lifted me up. Yeah. I remember feeling that. Just being so inspired, and it wasn't me. I, I, like two a.m. in Detroit in some hotel, right? And uh, the Lord gave us the word. He was there, man. He 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 gave us strength to get through it and do it. It was not us. That was our first major major encounter and a absolutely changing of our lives was when my son went to heaven. It changed everything, man. everything for the better. Well, thank you so much for being. We're a couple minutes long. You got to get sorry, out of here. I'm no, I'm. I'm. I'm you're the one who's got to get out of here. But uh, this has been such a great pleasure, and uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'll let you know when it's time to write that forward. Yeah, remember the drinking bones connected to the party moment. <laughs> Just remember that. If you take nothing else out of it, I love it. Thank <laughs> you so much. 
The CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.